Yes, good evening, good evening, good evening. I know this is not a familiar voice you're used to hearing on these airwaves, but I am filling in for the lovely and talented Kimberly Starks this evening. It is the Blue Scorpion Podcast, and we are live at the bottom of the hour. It is uh, 6.30 Eastern, 6.32. Doesn't matter what it is in the 30s. You are here with us this evening, and thank you for joining us. And so... We have a multitude of guests. You don't you don't see me because I am behind the scenes, but uh, Kimberly will be back next week and uh, we're still making it happen. All right. So listen, first, we've got a absolutely great show for everybody this evening. Now, first of all, we have three people at the table, two of them you may know. One of them, we're getting ready to get to know today. We are going to know them today. We're going to get to know everybody in the room. We're going to have a phenomenal conversation because that's what we do on the Blue Scorpion podcast. All right. Thank you for joining us on Facebook Live. And uh, listen, make sure you follow. You you want to definitely follow Blue Scorpion RM on Facebook. You definitely want to listen to the podcast on anchor.fm. Uh, look for Blue Scorpion RM on anchor.fm. And most importantly, the website, bluescorpionrm.com. And you can find us here every single Thursday night. And let us get into it. First guest is up right now. This phenomenal sister right here. Coming from the DMV, Northern VA. Stand up, the DMV. For those of you who are not familiar, that is DC, Maryland, Virginia, where they get to go, go. Three in the morning. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what they do. That is what they do. It is tried and true. You know what I mean? The party goes all night when it comes to the DMV. Now, she's formerly based out of the DMV, but she relocated right here as you see her in the building right here in the ATL. A spoken word artist known as Lyrical 7. 7 being the number of completion, but she's not complete. She is on a journey that has dedicated her life to impacting and empowering others towards positive change, encouraging them to live out their God-given purpose and reaching their destinies. And I want to bring to the Blue Scorpion podcast this evening the lovely lyrical seven good evening how are you good evening thank you so much for that wonderful introduction i am doing great how are you doing oh doing absolutely <laughs> phenomenal and i'm just glad that we are here this evening so let's let's take it back to the old school let's take it to union square okay let's take it all the way back okay when you were coming up what got you into the art of poetry spoken word poetry Great question. So I actually am a military brat. So I grew up kind of traveling all over the place. Mm. Um, I was originally born um, in Hinesville, Georgia, believe it or not. Mm. Lived in Augusta for a couple of years as a child and then just traveled. But I've always have had a love for writing and reading. Um, my mom used to make us read so many hours a day, even during mm. the summertime. Right. Um, and so... I always had a love for reading, always had a love for poetry. And so when my mom um, saw that gift in me, 
she began to cultivate it. So she would buy me, you know, back then, this is pre-internet, <laughs> pre all the stuff that we have going on now. Right. But so she would buy me writing pads and pencils and we used to do family time. And so she would let me stand up during family time and read my work, read my poems, read my short stories that I would come up with. Mm-hmm. And um, so her and my dad really encouraged me in my writing. And I entered into different con- poetry contests growing up as a child, um, specifically in um, Woodbridge, Virginia, Northern yeah. Virginia. Right. I entered into, in middle school, a poetry contest, and it was a statewide poetry contest for all the middle schools mm-hmm. in the state of Virginia, and I won first place. And so it was different things like that that they encouraged that allowed me to excel in in something that I absolutely loved. Absolutely. And now, were there certain poets in the spoken word realm that you looked up to the most? Who were they? So not so much specifically spoken word because I kind of got into that a little bit later on in life. But mm-hmm. growing up, it was um, poets like um, Maya Angelou. Yeah. Uh, that was inspirational. I remember even younger, um, Langston Hughes was another one of my absolute favorite poets that I looked up to. And one of the things I loved about them is their, they wrote from their experiences, they wrote from their heart, and they looked like me. And rep- represent, uh, reputation and representation is so important. Right. And so that's something that I inspire to do to other young black poets, specifically young black girl poets is to inspire and is to represent them in everything that I do, everything that I write, everything that I say. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you also get into the community as well, but there also is a journey to leading up to that point in serving your community. Who are the pillars of the community that you looked up to coming up as a young lady? So I'm glad you asked this question because I have to talk about my parents. A lot of it goes back to them because they were influences in every community. Even though we were military and we traveled around, they were very influential in every single community that they went into. And I learned a lot because my mom would take us to feed the homeless or feed, feed people who were homeless. She would take us and we would bring clothes to them. She would take me to the nursing home. And I remember as a child, I asked her, I'm like, mom, why are we here? We don't have, like grandma's not here. Like I didn't understand why we were visiting people that we didn't know, strangers. Mm-hmm. But one thing she was teaching me is you don't just do stuff for people that you know or people that you're related to. You do these things for others because they don't necessarily have people to their grandmother. Mm-hmm. What? wouldn't you want someone to be kind enough to visit to visit them so that created in me and my siblings a love for our community a love to serve our community to help our community so my because of my parents influence in community it created in us a love for our community and a desire to want to serve our community in any capacity that we could And, you know, it's interesting because uh, most of our community we see are uh, incarcerated and our backs are up against the wall, especially as black men as well. Um, You know, talk about 
you know, now now we're getting into the spoken word uh, portion of it at this point. Um, being a uh, spoken word uh, poet, artist, if you will, um, what ways have you inspired the community to continue to do more and become pillars such as yourself? Um, I think it starts with reaching our youth and our, our young people. Um, I have done a lot of youth outreach programs, um, mm -hmm. not just my immediate community in the DMV, but even traveling to other communities as well. And not just that, but for almost um, 20 years, I was a teacher at the local adult detention center um, mm -hmm. in Manassas, uh, Virginia. So I, I taught classes every single week to right. specifically the women there. Um, it was called Women in a New Direction. And so I was one of the teachers there and I did spoken word as a part of a teaching program right. to impact, to influence, to encourage. And we dealt with real life. We dealt with sexual abuse, molestation. We dealt with making better choices. We talked about communication. We talked about um, transitioning out and being effective members of the community. I work with other organizations that help with transitioning um, former inmates out and into the community because there's a lapse there, there's a gap there. Um, a lot of them coming out, I mean, you tell them get a job, how? I don't have transportation, I don't have a driver's license, right. I don't have these things. Uh, some of them are haven't um, gone to school, have a record, you know, so we partner with different organizations and churches that agree to feed. So I think it's it's the outreach part. Mm -hmm. It's the outreach where you self beyond yourself. Right. And so that's that's, you know, just some of the things that I've been a part of. Absolutely. Now, with you being a part of that uh, outreach program, what has been one of the most inspiring testimonials that have come out from your experience? They come specifically to you and say, you changed my life. Those those important words. Yes. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me um, actually happened recently um, where I was transitioning um, to come here and I'm um, working on a second project um, called Silent No More mm -hmm. and it's dealing with my personal testimony of being molested as a child and sexually assaulted as an adult but it also encompasses not just my story but the stories of five other participants both men and women and so when I was talking about transitioning here and relocating here and the project of what I want to do one of the women who was formerly in my class reached out to me and financially gave me money to support this project of silent no more and told me specifically the only reason why i'm not back in jail is because of women like you who came into the jail and you showed me a more excellent way of living life you showed me um how i am to conduct myself in front of my children and, and so she got her kids back and she w was able to purchase a home and and she's married and she's doing really exceptionally well exceptionally well and she said it's an honor to pour back and give back into something like this because of the influence and the impact that you had in my life and me personally i was just in tears it was so it touched me to the core 
because it's it's the greatest thing that someone could ever tell you is that your life has touched their life and so I, I was just like wow this is so phenomenal it was an honor does that feeling uh, give you extra drive and how do you channel that extra drive to the next level yeah so um, it absolutely is a motivator I mean it, it puts me on overdrive and so it allows me to see the importance of the things that I am doing and you know sometimes you can get weary in it you know you can sometimes feel have those moments in those days where you feel like am I really making a difference and as those little reminders that show you you're on the right path and so I take that and I pour that into every single thing that I'm doing and and what it does is when I have those down moments it's a memory that I can pull up and remind myself no what you're doing matters so you have to keep going you can't quit you can't stop absolutely and so next question what do you say to our young people out there that that watch and they look up to you they say wow, she inspires me to really keep pushing. You know, what is the best advice that you can give a person of our youth today with everything up against up against us right now? And, you know, there's a paradigm shift, but we still have a lot of work to do. What would you say is the best advice that you can give to our youth today to keep them going to the next generation? I have a quote that I love Um, that I came up with and it says push through till the trees bow to the trail you blaze and that's what you have to do in any and everything that you are pursuing you have to push and you have to keep pushing and you don't stop pushing till everything around you makes way for your dreams for your goals for your visions Dream big, go big, do not get stuck in a box. Do not let people tell you that you can't. I had so many people telling me what I couldn't do and then I I decided to use it as motivation to show them what I would do. Mm -hmm. So every time someone told me I couldn't, I said specifically because you say I can't, that's why I will. And you, I think it's about perspective. And you have to shift your perspective into understanding that you have the power to pave your own way. Mm. You have the power to pave your own way. I said it again for the people in the back. Mm -hmm. Because it's important. It's important. A lot of times we allow other people to write the scripts that we ourselves live out instead of writing our own scripts and living out what our own vision and perspectives are in life. And so that's, these are some of the things that have helped push me and propel me to the next level and to where I'm continually going to go. Let's talk about your poetry for a second. So what would you say it out of all of the spoken word uh, pieces that you've done uh, to this date, what has been the most powerful to date that you have done? I have to say the piece, and I'm, I'm going to explain why. There, the piece, there's a piece that I've written called Trapped Versus Freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like my coming out, if you will, piece. 
And the reason why is because there were so many situations going on in that moment of me outpouring or writing that piece that I felt trapped. I felt burdened. I felt like I just couldn't make it. And the day I wrote that piece is the day I had a breakdown. But in the midst of that breakdown, I had the biggest revelation of my life. And that was that I was created to be free. Me specifically, I'm a woman of faith. And there's a scripture that says, who the son sets free is truly free indeed. And in reading that, as I was having my moment of breakdown, I realized that I'm supposed to be free. But a lot of times, me specifically, I made decisions that entrapped me. But God created me to be free. So why do why am I trapped in all these situations? It's because of choices. Let me ask this just not, sure, not to cut sure. off your wisdom, but let me ask this question. Would you say that feeling of entrapment would be your biggest challenge to overcome through this journey? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because you I, I self-sabotage all the time. <laughs> so a lot of my entrapment has come from me self-sabotaging myself, making poor decisions or bad choices or different things like that. And so with that being said, I realize that the only person that has the power to set me free is myself. Right. Did you now what ways did you overcome? Um, great question. So at that time, I was in a really toxic relationship. I was um, a job that I absolutely felt trapped. I, I, I couldn't stand. I hated it. Um, so I got out of the relationship. I got out of the job. And I realized life was going to be okay. <laughs> like it was literally that simple. Right. So I left those things that had me trapped. And I started on a journey, and this is where spoken word really, really kicked in for me. I started on a path and a, on a journey of freedom, of living out my goals and my dreams and not making someone else's goals and dreams a reality for themselves, all the while ignoring my own. Right. Yeah, and you know, that's that's very interesting that you say that because there's a lot of things that we have to normalize um, making sure that we're not entrapped. I mean, especially especially for us black men, we have our backs. We wake up with our backs against Absolutely. the wall every day. Yes. And, you know, we have to endure so many extra things in our lifetime. We have to wonder if we're even going to come home um, at the end of the day to our families. And so when you speak of overcoming your obstacles, I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. And um, you you spoke of this uh, of this piece, right? At this point, I actually want to hear this piece. Uh, is this is this one that you can share with us? <laughs> absolutely, I, I I definitely can. Absolutely, the floor is yours. Okay, thank you so much. How many have ever been trapped before? Anybody? Trying to make a run, but there's no open door. Trying to cry for help, but there's no one to call for. Blocked by these walls of control. Stress. Mess. I confess. 
This is not the way that it's supposed to be. You see, man was created by God to be continually free and who the son sets free is truly free indeed. So why am I trapped when I'm not supposed to be? Why am I caged like one who can't be seen, trapped, nowhere to lean? Feelings too much to contain, so what keeps my mind from going insane? Freedom. 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 Let freedom ring, let my heart beat, let my lips sing how precious freedom is. See, it comes with no strings. Attached instead are the chains of manipulation and control. Handcuff, lock and key, eyes on patrol, watching and waiting for the slightest situation. The slightest inclination. The slightest revelation to conduct your interrogation for the sake of argumentation. So you can continue your victimization and character assassination, knowing your anticipation for my humiliation and my institutionalization trapped in this ridiculous, ridiculous situation, just trapped. So guess what I did? I snapped. Coming to the realization of my situation needing serious reconsideration, re-evaluation, re-examination to bring forth justification and reconciliation. See, in my heart springs forth a well of restoration and the inspiration of loving act through the cross which brought forth freedom and transformation. How can I explain this? It's like perfect presentation of much needed representation because of my limitation and the beautiful illustration of the cross which brought forth freedomization and transformation. Freedom. 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 No longer bound and held down, but free for I've been found. No longer chains binding me. Instead, I'm free to be. Not trapped not burdened, and not broken. Because over my life, and guess what? Over your lives, it has been spoken. Freedom. 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 You know, we're going to snap it all out of there. You know what I mean? The whole snaps and everything. You can't hear the snaps, but it's okay. But, uh, I feel that it. Is, I feel you yeah, snapping. That, ener- that energy is real, and uh, thank you so much for uh, you know gracing us, uh, blessing us with that uh, spoken word piece. Where can they find you, follow you, and connect? Absolutely. So everything, all my social media contacts, everything is on my website at www.lyrical, the number seven. So that's L-Y-R-I-C-A-L seven.com absolutely absolutely now here's what we're going thank you so much for being on with us uh this evening now we turn it over to the right side of the room yes it is time we we start we 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 were gentlemen we let the lady go first and now it's time to you, you oh don't do that don't do that see here we go we already starting to cut up on like the blue scorpion podcast right now I, I gotta I, I gotta say right now I feel a little bit set up I mean me too, now, me I, too. How, do, how do we follow that I know that's what I was gonna <laughs> say how, how do you yeah. how do you follow that now I don't necessarily have a in, inspiring personal narrative <laughs> I don't necessarily have an amazing po- talent for poetry I don't, I don't necessarily have like the, the depth of how do we follow that, man? Like, what are you doing to us over here? Like, <laughs> well, we're going to have a real conversation about 
your brand. So I'm as as you told me to cue you in. I'm cueing you in. I'm starting with my brother Tillman. What we got? Thank you. I, I really appreciate you having me come after that. Like I feel it was actually your call to be honest. I I, I wanted the three way. I wanted a three way conversation. You know, that's what I wanted. We'll still get that. Because I, I know, I know. I feel like the overweight dessert at the end that you don't need to eat. <laughs> Because you had a meal. That's how I feel. A nutritious meal. Like yes, healthy. yes, yes. That was vegan. That yes, was... yes, yes, yes. And now? And now I'm coming with like a little pudding that you get from the hospital. I mean, like the Cosby pudding. The Cosby pudding. And that's not. Yes, yes. Right, right. It's not with, cool, with, bro. With, with the fake vanilla. It's not cool. Yes. So it's it's very cool. It's very cool what you guys do, as a matter of fact, because, you know, you guys are behind behind the scenes on this very podcast. And now you're in you're in front of everybody. And we want to tell you just tell everybody, starting with Tillman, what's going down? Tell everybody okay. what you what you do. Tell everybody what's going down. Well, I have a company called Chain Link Media yes. Productions. Mm-hmm. And we produce a lot of content for Blue Scorpion manage, Reputation Management. Mm-hmm. We actually did a spoken word piece for Lyrical 7. Yes. It's one of the reasons how we got introduced to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a graduate from the Art Institute, and I went yes. back to get some of the students that was there, and that's where I met. Mr. Clark over here. Yes. You know, the infamous, the infamous Mr. Yeah, Clark. I can't say legendary anymore. <laughs> I've been notified that I cannot say legendary anymore. He is the infamous. Yes. Mark Clark. Yes. We'll get to Mark Clark in just a second, but keep, keep, keep talking. Okay. Okay. And so what we do is we reach out to the community for yes. people who are interested in the field mm-hmm. to get some real onset, uh, experience. Mm-hmm. And we have equipment that is cinema ready to qualify them on those equipment so they could say yes I did you know mess with a red or a black magic Urso or a black magic 6k pro things of that nature you know and then audio also gaffing PA makeup we try our best not try we are a full production company yes and so now now my first question now I gotta now I gotta take you back to the old school let's take it to Union Square so now Getting into this field, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Who are the people that you look to coming up? And you from up top, so there was a lot of people shooting videos. There was Belly. Yeah. There was you know Hype Williams at the time. Yep. You know coming out with all these music videos that were very iconic for that time. And looking at the videography and the crisp mm-hmm. directing nature of these videographers, and you get you jump into this field with that same level of expertise and quality. Who were the people you looked up to besides the one that I may have mentioned? Okay. Honestly, Antoine Fuqua. Why? Because when he jumped into the game, it wasn't the typical black tropes that we talk about, the drug dealing, the struggles. Yeah, the stereotypes. Right. He jumped in and he did a beautiful movie where he put the black experience in King Arthur, Mm. where he told more of a realistic fantasy of it was Romans that started it and they used to get other countries and slaves and bring them to Britain and they had to guard the wall and the way he told that story and he said I told it from sort of a a person of slavery trying to gain their freedom and I respect that 
because it was a white cast, you Mm. know, and it's still relatable for everybody. You know, everybody got something from it. So Antoine Fuqua, definitely. Uh, Spike Lee. Um, There's some other directors. I cannot remember their names, but some of the movies they've done was um, one for Robin Williams, uh, What Dreams May Come. Mm. That was a beautiful movie. And and the story behind it is it wasn't a religious movie. It was a spiritual movie. Right. And from... To imagine that kind of heaven and hell is that we make that ourselves when we die. You know, it's not, you know, a judgment is how we feel if we feel like we had a justifiable life mm-hmm. or, you know, we died in anguish and, and torture, we punish ourselves. So I, I like that kind of way of storytelling, which you don't see nowadays. You know, to me nowadays, no offense to Hollywood, it's checks boxes. You know, and I want yeah. us to get back to storytelling. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I'm going to pause with you. I'm going to get to the infamous Mark Clark in the building wait, over there. Wait, wait, wait. She got 30 minutes. I only get like 10. <laughs> no, Seriously? both of y'all get it. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Really? I got y'all. I got y'all. I got to make sure. Hold on. Go I, ahead, Mark. I, so- I, I, I don't need even more time to illustrate how my my turn pales in comparison to Tanya. I, I don't need an extended version of me not measuring up to the to the narrative that Tanya just gave us. Um well so hey everybody, my name is Mark Clark. I'm here with these fine folks today, uh, representing Blue Scorpion Reputation Management. I'm a contractor for them as a sales uh, account manager. Also contract with Tillman's Chainlink Media as a new accounts acquisitions director. And I'm also the uh, principal and managing managing member of Shinobi Media, my own company. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so why'd you set us up again? I'm, I'm going, <laughs> let's get back to it. All right, so now, because now I have to invent he, he, some. He, he cut. No, no, no. We're not. We're not going to invent anything. I want to know what the journey to bringing you to Shinobi Media. Well, was. I was on eighty-five in traffic. <laughs> just a few minutes ago. I knew he was going to. I knew he was going right? to start cutting up because Atlanta traffic is ridiculous. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, oh God, yeah, it, it is, is really. No, no offense. I mean, you people already know that. I'm from New York, and I'm saying Atlanta traffic is ridiculous. You guys. See, we yeah, have subways. We we cut through traffic. Well, they have a Marta here, which is like a, <laughs> that. That's not a subway. Yeah, it's like a Subway too. Junior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a <laughs> Subway Light. It's like a mini. It's like a little person subway. <laughs> it's a Subway Light. Well, it, just from a scale standpoint, like the Marta system fits inside New York. New York subway system is really three systems, three legacy systems yeah. put together. This system fits inside any one of those. Yes, <laughs> right. Basically, yes. Yes. basically, yes. Nowhere, nowhere near the mileage uh, right. by right. by right. an absolute three, four mileage points. Like you, there's levels to this thing. So. Exactly. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, okay. So in terms of the story, right? Um, how did how did we end up here together talking? So I was working uh, for the Art Institute of Atlanta as a as a career readiness mentor, basically running workshops on cinematography, helping students connect with the burgeoning film industry uh, in Atlanta. And for those of you who don't know, you should know if you're listening to this, but if you don't know, uh, Atlanta is now competing with New York and LA, point for point, yes. punch for punch, yes. shot for shot, yes. in terms of I'm producing snap movies for that one. and television. <laughs> and that does not look to be slowing down. Georgia was ready to open 
earlier than New York and California yeah. for COVID. And mm. uh, being that I'm here now, I'm, I'm going to say I'm representing the, the Atlanta production industry <gasps> right now with nice. with a New York attitude. Right? <laughs> <laughs> with a New York flair. Don't get it twisted. I don't eat the pizza here. But, okay, okay. Oh, here we go. No, but, I mean, if you just, just drive around town and you're going to see the little yellow signs, you won't necessarily know what the codes mean unless you're supposed to. But each one of those codes is a production, whether right. it's a a movie, a television show, or a commercial, and that represents, you know, money pumped directly into the mm-hmm. economy mm-hmm. of Atlanta. So, Blue Scorpion, Shinobi Media, Chainlink, uh, we're here to contribute, participate, elevate. Um, as Tillman said, you know, we focus heavily on education because mm-hmm. he's a graduate of the Art Institute. I'm a former instructor, mentor at the Art Institute. Um, we have, you know, our eye on the future, and yes. the, the children of the future. You, you know that song. Te- teach them well, you know. We're, we're going to let them lead the way. Yes, yes. So really what we, we kind of want to do is build these pathways. There are, there are already pathways for certain people mm-hmm. to go from certain schools, uh, like pipeline directly into the industry. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of times, you know, we don't have access to those same same pathways. And there are people doing great work. I'm going to give a shout out to the Georgia Production Partnership, the mayor's office yes. uh, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Give a shout out to all of the uh, folks running like their uh, PA academies, Linda Burns and such. There are folks, you know, doing good work in this area. But there's more heavy lifting to be done. So, you know, we want to help connect some of these up and coming students. We want to connect some of these voices, these content creators, these folks who have stories to tell but no, don't necessarily have the same access as some other folks. We want to connect them to the to the resources and get their stories out there, right, in a bunch of different ways. What would you, speaking of those ways, what can would I, you can I chime yeah, in yeah, for a second? Yeah, go ahead, chime in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I want to piggyback on what Mark was saying because it's true. It's, it's extremely true. And one thing I noticed from my point of view is some of the people here don't understand the business side of entertainment. Exactly. Contracts, paperwork, scheduling yeah you know things of that nature even taxes you know mm-hmm. because you make over a certain amount of money you got to pay taxes on it and it's so easy to make money and think oh it's mine and things of that nature so that's some of the things that Chainlink media is also implicating is that education on the business side of things time is very valuable yeah. and uh we all can be sticklers for time when it comes to business would you say that that is the number one problem that is here in Atlanta that a lot of people don't respect each other's time. You know, any one so, of you could chime in. First of all, I'm offended at the stereotype because I feel like you're implying that we're on CP time here because this is a chocolate city, and I just don't feel that that's true. Now, the traffic though can keep people from getting to where they need to be. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, well, so first of all, I'm going to say I, I actually, I do believe in CP time to a certain extent, and and island time is is even worth it because I. I have a lot of uh, Caribbean, West Indian influence in my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they control time. I don't even understand <laughs> the manipulations <laughs> which occur, right? <clears throat> um, no, obviously from a professional standpoint, especially in production, you, you said the magic words. Uh, time, time is not only valuable, time is the only currency, right? Because mm-hmm. we can make money back if we lose yeah, exactly. money. Nobody can give you time that they waste back. Like, they don't have the power to do that. Yeah. Like It's gone. That yeah. time that you wasted is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have to say, equal to that is planning. Yeah. You know, time, yes, but planning also because I know a lot of people 
who wants to do things because they think it's simple at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that, that I'm running into a lot is dealing with even some of the people that works with us or have worked with us is planning. Gotcha. I, th- I thought I had enough time. You know, usually it takes me 30 minutes to get through traffic. It's like, but it's Atlanta. You know, at any yeah. given time, a car accident could happen and traffic's backed up for hours. Let me ask this question now. We got to that point. So now we talked about the ways that we get into the community. We talked about the ways that she ended up getting into mm-hmm. the community. There are so many ways that uh, Shinobi Media and Chainlink Media really gravitate in the community and really turn a lot of heads. Because if you look at Chain, if you look at both of these media companies um, and together, even with Blue Scorpion Reputation Management, there's a lot of quality here there's a lot of quality between these brothers between everyone in this room there's a lot of quality here how important is it to have that quality speak to the people oh it's highly important uh, the one thing i like about everybody in this room because everybody in this room has a position or a company that they own and blue scorpion reputation management is we know our lane we know what skills as far as that quality that we bring to the table mm-hmm. and we respect each other for that field. Okay. That's my point of view. Mark. Well, you know, conversation, it's like quality and, and quantity in, in general, right? <clears throat> you you want to have a, a, a balance. So being, being a starving artist is not cool, right? Like you, yeah. you want to focus on your art for the next 10 years to produce one perfect piece, more power to you. This is American do what you want. Um, I, I, I may or may not visit you in your roach-infested one-bedroom apartment <laughs> while you're being a starving artist. I, I, I may bring you some Chinese food from the greasy spoon up your block. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, no, because I grew up. Dude, you're right, though. I grew up around folks who who wanted to be artists of all of all types, and and I and I mean this with all respect. That that is a path. Like if mm-hmm. your art is the paramount thing in in your life, you should dedicate it, uh, dedicate yourself to it in in whatever way you feel appropriate. Me, I need a balance, right? Because I need lights. I, I, I like girls. Girls like houses. <laughs> so you have to have a place for them to come. Right. Um, got to have a car. Gotta, it's, it's a good idea. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Money to wash your clothes. So <laughs> yes. you want to have a balance between being an artist and being a commercially viable yes. person. So yes. you, you have to remember that you know your art is also a commodity to one degree or another. Now, you don't want to become completely crass and just treat your art like a drug mm-hmm. and just move product, right? I mean, we've seen what happens, again, back to Tillman's comment about Hollywood, and Hollywood, take it personal. <laughs> I mean this <laughs> from the bottom <laughs> of my soul. <laughs> Y'all be making some hot, hot garbage, and it needs to stop. Y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop taking people's stories and just pimping them out like this is, you know what I'm saying, Fifth Avenue at 3 o'clock in the morning, 1987. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody wants to make money. Everybody, you know, wants to make a profit. But there's a way to make a profit without being a pimp Hollywood. That's all I'm saying about that. Right. I I want Tanya to answer because she is an artist and businesswoman at the same time. Go ahead. 
I think both of your points are valid, um, especially with the, the balance factor that you talk about because you have to have balance. But I also think it goes back to a point that I mentioned earlier about perspective. A lot has to do with our perspective because our perspective propels our actions. You know what I mean? So it's how you view whatever it is that you're doing. So with me, I work on the artist creative side, but I also am passionate about the business side. Mm -hmm. So I have to have a balance between the artistry and the business. And I, I believe in business integrity in everything that you do because yes, you can be the dopest, whatever it is, but if you have no integrity behind it, that creativity part may get you in the door, but it won't keep you there. Yes. And yes. so I think it's a perfect balance between the two because yes, the creative side, but you also have to have the integrity, the business integrity to go along with that to keep you in whatever door that opens for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so when it comes to media, right, and you're moving a community forward, right, you have, you said the children are our future, right? The youth are our future. And yes, we, we do have to do a better job of paying attention to our youth because the youth are paying attention a lot to us more than we think that they are now. Right. And I'm going to, I'm actually going to start with Mark on this one. What ways, um, have, have you, has your brand inspired, uh, someone to where they came up to you and said, you changed my life. Your story changed my life. Or even man, just watching that make me want to do the same thing and following your footsteps, man, you, you are, you're an icon to me. Yeah. You know, I get people coming up to me all the time talking about Mark, you know, thank you so much for giving us the perfect example of how not to live our lives uh, by, <laughs> by watching <laughs> by watching the high-speed car wreck that you've made of your professional and personal lives. We've learned so, so many lessons. <laughs> That's a daily occurrence in my life. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, looking necessarily for folks to come tell me that. I, I changed their lives, especially uh, in 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 the modern context. What, what what I want more than anything else is just to to be a finger pointing people towards uh, resources. Right? When I was a kid, there was a lot of gatekeeping. Like, if you wanted to, to know stuff, you know, this is pre-internet. I'm a dinosaur, right? I'm a, I'm a brontosaurus. So this is before <laughs> the internet. You had to go to the little encyclopedia that your mom had downstairs. You know what I'm saying? The World World Botanica, wait, whatever. Wait, you had your mom had an encyclopedia? Yeah, well, yes. we we shared one with the neighbors. We uh, okay, like <laughs> <laughs> no, mine, mine was library. Right. Well, you needed a card to get in. My <laughs> uncle had one in the uh, hall closet every every right, time. Right, yeah. you, you break it out. Um, well, I, I say that to say this. So back in the day. You know, teachers, educators, uh, they were really responsible for bringing the knowledge to you, right? That was the only channel for you to get the knowledge back in the day. That it, that's not the case now. Um, most of us have in our pockets or perhaps in our hands as they watch and or listen to this, this uh, content, a device that's far, far more powerful than just a, a, a telephone yes, or, right. or just a, a video player. 
right? The the average cell phone, like, and this is real talk. The average cell phone that that's in your hand in your pocket right now is more powerful than the computers that were used to launch the the rockets that yes. went to the the moon. Yes. Mm. Yes. That, right. They're more powerful than the navigation of computers on the space shuttle. Yes. Mm. That's what you have in your pocket. That's what you watch. That's what you play games on. That's what you watch. Whatever. Yeah, the day to day material. I'm not gonna go into yeah, the, the, whatever yeah, you do, yeah, whatever the things you do. My, yeah, the day to day. So my my point is this again, um, we don't need to be uh, the gatekeepers, right? We the the knowledge exists in in your in your pocket. Do you know what to to look for, right? So now these days it's much more about curation. We want to help you know kind of curate the endless content that's out there. You can go on YouTube and you know build your YouTube university and find. All types of content. A good percentage of it will be wrong. A good percentage of it will be will be right. You got to do that heavy lifting to kind of figure out who to, who to who to listen to, who to trust, or whatever. So p- part of what we want to do is give people a little bit more literacy, mm-hmm. like kind of understanding what what is good content, what what is crappy content. Why right. does Mark talk so badly about m- modern Hollywood and, and point us towards the past? You know, mm-hmm. the, the creators of the past. And I and I will absolutely uh, you know jump on the bandwagon of a Spike Lee. I'll mm-hmm. jump on the bandwagon of a, of a Fuqua. I'll jump on the bandwagon of a Hype Williams or John Singleton. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, 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 John Singleton. Be, be, because they they gave us art at a time. It was very difficult to be a black creator. Yeah, it's, it's a lot easier <laughs> yeah, now, so. right? They didn't have a YouTube. Right. They didn't have uh, over over the top streaming networks and Netflix and 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 this diversity of. They didn't of, even have digital sub channels at right, that right, point. Right, yeah. right, right, right. You just had you know a handful of companies run by a white guy in a suit. Who looked at you funny when you came in? That's that's basically all, all you know all they had, and they still made it happen, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's absolutely no excuse, and how, however, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion. So as as Tillman pointed out, a lot of times folks get kind of lost in the sauce, contracts and signatures. You know that's not necessarily what they wanted to do. They're artistically minded in the first place, and it's mm-hmm. very easy. You know, in the, in the in the media game, whether whether it's movies, films, TV, or music, we we all know stories of musicians who got screwed over by yes. contracts because yes. we all yeah. know those stories. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And those same stories could could uh, be re- recast and retold for content creators today. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who created streaming shows or created independent films, right? And you know, didn't didn't know the business side of it or or di- didn't understand how to how to proceed beyond the art. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we, we we absolutely love artists, and we want to cultivate artists. I, I consider myself art, artistic, um, but I also like to have you know the lights on. So <laughs> there's that side of it as, as well. The, the balance that you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely, Tillman. Uh, your your side of it. What's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I, knew you. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was coming. It, it was good. And I, yeah, I, it was I, really I, good, though. And, uh, right, I, I was like, in tune with that. Right. Though. I was in tune with it. I was like, wait, what was the question? <laughs> no, but it was um, through your media, um, the inspiration for, you know, people that look up to you and what have you and say, hey, I see what Tillman's doing. I want to do this now. And, you know, you're giving those gems, you're, as Mark said, pointing in the right direction. Um, what are those ways that you have inspired through Chainlink? I would say this, I, uh, taking a page out of Mark's books, um, I don't know because nobody has came to me and said that to me yet because, mm-hmm. A, I've been busy. Like, yeah, that's true. Doing this company and, and bringing Tanya and reggie and other people involved has helped take things off my plate but 
if if there is somebody out there who thinks that i'm truly blessed that you think that because trust me before chain link i was a hot mess okay no direction um no dreams well i had dreams but there was fantasies not dreams they wasn't attainable and i knew uh, growing up i always wanted my own business but like mark says how in what field what do i like things of that nature but back to the question if there is i'm blessed second i hope they take what they see in me and run further and faster than i did mm. you know because to me one day i will leave this planet i really don't care if people remember me after that mm. so i want the principles to outlive my name you should see Mark's face right now. Wait, you you bought that ticket to the uh, space hotel you were talking about? Is that? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, oh, he yeah. said he was gonna leave the planet. I thought he wasn't serious when he said he was gonna buy the ticket to the to the, to the intergalactic. World. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, as soon as they put a hotel on Mars, peace, peace, I'm out. As soon as I see something like New York pizza on Mars. It's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wrap. wrap there. It's a yeah. wrap. I'm pretty sure uh, Elon is putting in a Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. See, I need New York pizza. All right, I need them to ship the New York water from New York to Mars <laughs> and make pizza, not not chicken. All right. <laughs> I I don't know why people are so. It's like crack with people with the Chick Fil A. I don't think it's that good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh -oh. I don't think it's that good. Uh oh. Here we yep. go. Hey. <laughs> You know, it's but but it's very interesting that you say that because, um, you know, there are a lot of people that do have that mindset. But I also want to turn that around and 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 say, hey, look, listen, the the young people out there, they're gonna be they they might watch this, right? right you right, know what I mean? Yes. The content that we have here, right? And 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 say, I I enjoy your story. He's being real. He's being one hundred fifty thousand all day, every day. You know what? He he inspired me today. They didn't know you from a can of paint until right. now. Right. And this kid is now saying, I want to do what he does. Instead of them giving up at a time where our backs are against the wall and we don't see a lot of the change happening that we want to see in our communities. What advice? What is the best advice that you can give to that kid right now? The best advice I can give them right now, honestly, find your tribe. It's out there. Because, yes, things are going to get hard. But God knows things got hard with Chainlink Media. But if it wasn't for my tribe, the people that really was there saying, keep going, okay, that's what saved it. That's what saved me to gave me the strength to keep going. Because... It wasn't me. It wasn't. I ain't gonna lie. It wasn't me. There was days I was in the bed, especially with COVID, getting paid to be in bed, that I was not gonna get up. You know, it, it's. We got to get out of this mentality that we are our own solo superhero. Okay, we're not. That I I couldn't do this without the people in this room and beyond. I couldn't. So for me to take the credit to me is juvenile you know so that that's my point of view is find your people find your tribe absolutely 
Mark, same same question. What advice do you have for that young person that's watching it right now? Didn't know you before, but know you now. Hear your story. Hear how you do things in the, at the exquisite level that you both do things and what have you. And that young kid says, I want to do what Mark Clark does. And I want to be infamous as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> so Comes with the what, title. <laughs> what is the best advice that you have for that young person this evening? So I, I really like Tillman's advice about finding your tribe. I think there's a lot in that uh, to, to unpack. It, it does a lot of things for you when you find folks who are on the same uh, path that you are on. It, it, it helps your momentum. It lets you see more of what's possible. It makes you feel better. Uh, so I do I do appreciate uh, that. Like on, a, on the positive tip, I appreciate that. But my advice is a little different. <laughs> just, just had, had to go dark. dark you, knew it was coming. you knew it was coming. I'm going to advise you to become a monster. <laughs> I want you to consume. I want you to become obsessed, possessed. Find the thing with which you'd prefer not to live. Find the thing that you want more than anything else and go for it. And when I say go for it, I don't mean ask someone if you should go for it. I, I, I don't mean try to see about going for it next week when you're less busy. I mean, if you, if you really want to be a, a creator, if you really want to be an artist, if you really want to be in, in, the, in this game in a serious way, right? Me, meaning... Anybody can do art. If you know you have you have your full time job and you're doing art because you love it, that's fantastic, and you mm -hmm. should continue to do that. Or if you even have a little side hustle, where you know you're making a little bit of money doing it, that's great. Keep keep it up. But if you're if you if you're if you're talking about you want to pay your rent, you want to pay your mortgage, you want to pay your car note, um, with this content creation, whether it's you know music, film, TV, whatever, writing, you need to be a monster. You need to know more. You need to be better than you were yesterday and the only way you're going to be better than you were yesterday is if you're just destroying yourself you know how muscle grows you rip it apart you destroy it and you build it back up so if you're not ready for a little bit of pain this might not be the game for yeah. you if you don't yeah. have a little bit of resilience yeah. if you're not ready for some rejection i remember reading about stephen king i'm a big stephen king fan i'm a big reader and he was talking about uh, before he got his first novel published as carrie he had 75 rejection letters Mm. And he kept all of them on his guy on his uh, refrigerator. Yeah. <clears throat> and he talked about coming home one day, and his wife had taken him down. She just felt bad. She just felt bad that he had, you know, seven almost a hundred rejection letters, and she started to throw them away. And he dug them out the trash and put them back up. And he was like, no, don't touch them. Don't touch them. Like I need that. Right. That's mm -hmm. that was part of his motivational package. And now he's one of the literally most prolific, successful yes. authors on earth yes uh, jk rowling harry potter right yeah you know you know that story she 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 was she was broke when she was finishing mm -hmm. the first harry potter. she had nothing she was fit yeah. she couldn't afford the, t the paper for the typewriter yeah to finish the, the first harry potter but you do you know why she's now the, the 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 most affluent female author on earth in history she was a monster <laughs> harry potter is a monster character it's a monster story it was undeniable. She didn't have to ask. She kicked the door down and she blew them away. So don't be so nice. I will agree with that one. 
that that's one thing yeah yes i mean find your tribe of monsters and go for it. <laughs> there I it love, is. I love how it came together. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole island of monsters out there. Gedra. Yeah. Mothra. King, <laughs> King Ghidra. You know, you know the one. Yeah. We'll, we'll be waiting for you there. <laughs> there <you. laughs> hey, started with Mark. Where can they find you, follow you, and connect? Uh, you can find me uh, at uh, shinobimediagroup.org. Uh, hashtag well uh, excuse me at uh, IG uh, MD Clark 13 uh, or you can reach out to me at uh, Mark C at Shinobi Media Group dot org all right Tillman where can they find you follow you and connect connect chainlink media dot net uh, IG chainlink media YouTube chainlink media uh, if you want to email us we do it at Booking yeah. at chainlinkmedia.net. Now to you, <laughs> back to you. Where can they find you once again? Find you, follow you, and connect. Once again, all my social media handles are on www.lyrical7.com. Not seven spelled out, the number seven, lyrical7.com. Absolutely. Thank but, you. Oh, before go ahead, we go, go though, yeah. I would like one more question if you allow me. Okay. I want each of us to talk about Blue Scorpion. Yes, go ahead. Okay, because I know years ago I met Kim at an esports event, and she told me about Blue Scorpion, and the way it grows from then to now is phenomenal. And she gave us opportunities to showcase our work, and I want to really, I re- really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, so I'm the new kid on the block. So um, step by step, <laughs> right? So I had the pleasure of meeting um, Kim last year. Actually, when I came to Atlanta to film for um, my first spoken word video release, "Color Me Black," and we were on a podcast together. And so meeting her. Um, and just the interaction that we had, I mean, she was, she's very inspirational to me and it's just been a pleasure, um, now that I'm here getting to know her a little bit more and working with Blue Scorpion, um, a little bit more intimately. Um, and I just, I just love her (laughs) to be honest. Like she is just phenomenal. So yeah, absolutely. Mark, your turn. Yeah, everybody knows that I give away compliments about as uh, often as a fat kid gives away cake. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not that often, but um, I can't say uh, I can't say enough good about uh, Kim Starks and about Blue Scorpion Reputation Management. Um, I've been working, you know, in affiliation with them uh, for a while now, and now working a little bit more directly for Kim has given me opportunity to see, you know, the doors that uh, she's passing through, the doors that she's leaving open for the folks that you know move uh, behind her and move uh, alongside of her so i think she's a fantastic uh addition to the atlanta uh, industry the content creation scene the media scene and for those folks out there um you know if you need social media management if you need content creation if you are in an industry that needs a little bit of uh, a message management a little bit of reputation management uh, i i highly recommend you check out uh, yes, blue scorpion yes. rm right blue scorpion rm.com or at blue scorpion rm uh on facebook uh yeah i, I can't speak highly enough of them absolutely yeah. and even even for myself uh meeting her at an esports she brought her son to uh the grand opening of the 
uh, eSports Center over here at uh, the Morris Brown College, which is where our studios are located. Shout out. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) so um, we met here. She came to see the studio. It was actually lit up blue like this. And, you know, it was so interesting, the manifestation that came out of it. We sat. We talked. And I said, you got to have your podcast here. But before we do that, you got to come on my show. And that that show is, and I'm just going to say it, The Morning Machine, 6 to 10 a.m. weekday mornings, every single weekday morning on 102.6 The Situation. These are the studios here that we record the Blue Scorpion podcast every single Thursday night. Uh, So you can catch me there. Um, and uh, we are so proud to work with everybody in the room here. Kimberly, uh, absolutely phenomenal human being. And uh, she keeps inviting me to this renaissance fair. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. That's all fair conversation. Well, go, go get yourself a smoked uh, ostrich leg. <laughs> go go get yourself just... a, a stein, a, a bear's skull stein of mead. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. But... In the meantime, we are we are so proud to be the uh, the brand in Situations Media Entertainment to be able to host the Blue Scorpion podcast every single Thursday night, 6 p.m. Of course, the podcast is released 6 p.m. on Tuesday nights with our live segment on Thursday at 6 p.m. So you definitely want to continue to tune in every single week with the Blue Scorpion podcast, courtesy of Blue Scorpion Reputation Management. Make sure that you follow and connect BlueScorpionRM.com. Once again, BlueScorpionRM.com. Facebook at BlueScorpionRM. And you can find these podcasts on anchor.fm look for blue scorpion rm on anchor.fm so you definitely want to make sure that you're tuning in and running back these podcasts as our queen kimberly starks will be back next week as for me i am the green machine and i am filling in tonight thank you so much for joining us on the blue scorpion podcast until next week as kimberly returns See you soon.